This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means it is another episode of The Crowned Cast, and we are post-reacting about the fact that we have New York City FC's number. That's right. New York City FC comes to play Charlotte FC, and they lose all the time, always. I'm not going to lie. I thought I might be able to make that more clever, but my brain is a bit dumb from (laughs) doing all of the celebrating. So here to be the good brain with me is Josh. Hello, Josh. Hey, Logan. It's nice to join you after a win, finally. (laughs) Yes, and you guys are going to get some extra sort of like perspectives on this field because you were in the supporter section, correct? Yes, I was. And I was in the media box. So we have me in the cold, dead environment of <laughs> analytics. Uh, and then we have the the fan environment as well. Uh, I think this was one of the most exciting games Charlotte's ever played. I think this was, you know, the, the back and forth of it is great. The drama is great. The emotion of winning a game like this is great. And I think will be really, really good for the team. Uh, this is just a little bit of preview for Wednesday, but the interview with Christian Latanzio afterwards was great. And there's going to (laughs) be some stuff to talk about in that one. Christian Latanzio has reached the, I have no more, uh, I can, I have no more F's to give. I, I am going to play my game. And if you don't like it, whatever. And as a result, I think we're starting to see a Christian that I really like. He's like not worried about being media trained. He's saying what he's thinking, and uh, and and he's clearly such an intelligent guy. Uh, more of that uh, anon, not anon. More of that later. But right now, let's get into the actual uh, segments that we promised you, wonderful listeners. When my brain is working, uh, we're going to get into segment one. But Josh, it's up to you to tell me what segment one is. Is segment one crowns or is segment one cards? Because I think it's fair to give out both. Uh, let's do cards first. Let's get the bad out of the way and, and, and then really dive into the good. Cause I think yeah. there was a lot of good. <laughs> and considering, I think this is one card a piece. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think we need any more than that. I am going to take the first card and I'm going to do that because, excuse me. Uh, I'm going to do that because I want to talk about uh, another player played out of position who makes a mistake that leads to a goal. And that's Nathan Byrne. Again, another player covering for someone else. And I I think in the back line at this point in time, we just have to assume that these guys have never played in this position. They have not played together. They have not trained in this. So the card I am giving for this is very soft. I am giving this card because the fault is of Nathan Burns, not because I expect Nathan Byrne to be flawless. Mm. On their goal... Uh, the breakaway happens, and Jan Sobosinski has his man, man. And the line is set clearly where that line should be. Jan sees that guy pass him and clearly says he's going to be offsides. He is not offsides because Nathan Byrne is too deep and is playing mm-hmm. that man onside. Ultimately, this leads to a breakaway. That guy's already got a step on Jan. He's got the advantage. He makes a good pullback. He finishes a a fantastic shot. And that doesn't happen if Nathan Byrne is in the line. Again, this is super duper soft because Nathan Byrne is not a left back. (laughs) Um, In fact, in this team, Nathan Byrne is sometimes not even a fullback. Sometimes he's a center back. 
so uh, really, 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 really soft, but technically correct card for Nathan Byrne. I thought other than that, he acquitted himself pretty decently. Uh, do you want to give out a card to probably the obvious one? Yeah, um, my card is going to go to uh, Dilson Melanda. Um, I'll be honest, when the penalty happens, um, being in the supporter section and it's all the way on the other side of the field, you're not really sure what's going on. Um, you just sort of see a, a body sort of hit the floor in, in there. And, you know, Bank of America was not doing a great job today of showing any kind of replays. Um, but looking back on it, you know, it's a it's a poor giveaway by Mackenzie Gaines. Um, that leads to our bugaboo all all year, which is transition defense. And Melanda, I don't know if he slips. I don't know if he just loses his head for a moment, but it's kind of a crazy challenge. It's a clear penalty. He just takes the attacker out in the in the box, injures himself in the way, or along the way, I should say. Um, and it's really disappointing because I thought until that moment, he was looking, especially the past maybe, I don't know, game and a half, two games, he had been looking like the Adilson Milanda that I had grown to love last year. He looked like he was uh, healthy. Um, and so you're hoping that this is not too serious because, you know, it's it's that old um, insult to injury, and, and in this case, literal, literal injury. Yeah, this is one that I have noticed, and this is very early doors to be saying something like this, but... Um, I have noticed that Adilson Melanda's penchant for panic is su- a super high threshold. Mm-hmm. You have to, like, he is the calmest guy ever. He is very, very just collected, and he, he marshals situations really, really well. You have to get to really, really high levels of stress to get him to panic. And I don't know if this is a slip. I think there's a possibility that it's a slip. But I do think that there is a threshold at which a very young defender in a deal Melanda can panic. Mm. And if this is not a slip, I think this is just one of those. This is a 20, 21 year old. Josh, help me. 21. Yeah, I, I think he's 21. Yeah, this is a 21 year old center back in the MLS against a very physical, fast team who stepped up and either slipped or that that threshold finally just got crossed and made a bad decision. In my opinion, uh, penalties are given away. I I think that the coach will look at him for this one and go, why did you do that? Mm -hmm. Don't, don't do that again. He'll be like, you right. And then they'll move (laughs) on. I like, I genuinely think that's almost the entire uh, talk about it. Mostly because another young guy, right? Yeah. Uh, Did I miss anything on that? Or do you feel like that covers him? No, I, I think it's I think it's similar to to earlier in the year when he had the really bad backwards pass where it, it's just so out of character for him that I don't think that this is something you have to look at and say it's a sign of something to come or it's, you know, a flaw in his game. I think that this is just an aberration which further shows how good he normally is. So I'm not worried about it. It was a weird thing that happened. My biggest worry is I'm just hoping he's not seriously injured. I'm yeah. hoping it's a it's a minor thing. And we can say that Christian Latanzio refu- refused to comment on it on the presser. He basically mm. said it could be a bruise. It could be worse. I don't really know at this point in time. And that's the right thing to say, because until yep. he gets properly checked out, um, there shouldn't be any expectations laid on him. I like that we used the opportunity of giving out cards to like 
quietly crown players who had bad <laughs> moments but were otherwise quite good. Yeah. Uh, we're like, yeah, let's talk about the bad <laughs> stuff. And then we're like, well, Adilson Milano was great except for one moment. And Nathan <laughs> Byrne was amazing except for one moment when he was playing out of position. Uh, okay, let's let's go ahead to the people we don't have to disguise talk nice about, the people who we can mm-hmm. just openly talk nice about. Uh, I think that considering how many players did well, this is a two crowns apiece. There's a lot more to talk about. Sound good? Yes. Uh, Sounds good. Uh, I'm going to give you the first one, but... No, I'm not going to give you the first one because I'm going to take this one because I think <laughs> I think that the listeners are probably tired of you talking Mackenzie Gaines. So I'm going to talk Mackenzie Gaines <laughs> because he deserves it. I'm taking the first crown. I'm giving it to Mackenzie Gaines. I think that there is a moment in this game where Mackenzie makes a bad decision that mm-hmm. eventually leads to the penalty. But with the exception of that, that was the McKenzie Gaines I wish we knew how to have and unlock regularly. Uh, this McKenzie Gaines I, I saw in this match was capable of finding and exploiting space in a way that I have not seen previously. He was mm-hmm. beating his man down the byline. He was cutting inside when it was necessary. He was coming back and providing an option that I will say didn't always work to get the ball out. But it was another option that seemed to link with the midfield. And really the one that I want to highlight here is we've always asked, can he do it if he has people in the box? Mackenzie Gaines receives that ball for our first goal. And he looks square into the soul of Enzo Capetti. (laughs) I mean, you can see it in the replays. He looks up and goes, that guy. And I don't know if there's some some confidence at work because these guys have gotten a little bit longer to train together. I don't know if it's some confidence that that Enzo's presence gives to him. Mm-hmm. But he hits that ball inch perfect through the corridor of uncertainty. There is, if you're not familiar with it, there's a little space between the goalkeeper and the defense where neither the goalkeeper nor the defense knows who should be going for it. And so everybody just kind of panics. And it is called the corridor of uncertainty. He finesse leathers this ball through the the Mm. pace is perfect the Mm -hmm. spin is perfect the placement is perfect it hits enzo capetti for the widest open goal he will ever score in his life (laughs) and literally enzo could have been a block of stone and that would have gone in i mean Mm. it was a flawless from a relatively difficult position pass across the box all the credit to you uh, the runs were good today. The passing was good today. The picking out the target was good today. I think if the Carol Swiderski goal is not offsides, he mm. is looking like a man of the match. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah, and and I think I think when you look back at that the the offside goal too, it's another really good ball that he picks out. Um, and you know. Mackenzie strikes me, you know, when you go and look at these two, I'll call them two assists. I know one ends up not counting. But when you look at it, I think a theme with those two balls is that he doesn't actually have a lot of time to think about it. Um, as far as like he's he doesn't have time to take a touch and then take another touch and do anything with it. And that's what happens with his mistake. With both of these, the balls that he puts in, he has a moment where he is able to look at the ball, look up, see what he has, and then just hit it in there. 
Um, and and you have to wonder, maybe that's a little bit of the growth still with Mackenzie as well, is, is this idea of, as you said, trust his ability and just, you know, hit the ball. Um, I thought first half he was really, really good. It was clear that we had a plan to feed him and feed him often. I think he trusted Westwood's ability to consistently get him the ball, so he wasn't worried about making a run too early because he just felt like Westwood was going to get it to him when it needed to get there. Um, I also think that, you know, I I mentioned this on our on our Twitter account that we now have three wins on the season. And each of these three wins, we have been outpossessed by our opponent. I think that that is an interesting thing to delve more into. But I also think that with a player like Mackenzie Gaines, who has such electric pace, transition games probably favor him. And I think that you saw it in this game where when he's able to just run at back lines, he is at his most dangerous. Yeah, I think that we're going to come on to something on Wednesday and the fact that I don't think this New York team set up to counter us. I think they set up to play their game. And mm. that gave a couple people a lot of space with which to punish them. I, I think that's something that we're we're going to dive into later. But Mackenzie especially. like I think it helped a number of people. Mackenzie ate it up. I mean, mm. it, it was it was a lot of fun to watch today. Um, let's move on. I think we're probably going to end up talking about him more on Wednesday as well. So let's not beat this uh, all the way into the ground. <laughs> go ahead and give me your first crown. Um, so I'm going to go with the super obvious one, and, and that's Enzo Capetti. Um, I, I feel like he was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he yeah. did he did pick up his yellow, which, you know, unfortunately means he's suspended. And and I don't want to talk about any of that because and I don't even necessarily want to talk about the goals because I think the goals were were very good, especially his his second one, the the header off the corner. What really strikes me about Enzo, though, and maybe this was just sort of the vantage point that I had, but especially the second half, we ask him to do so much. He was at the point of our press. He is the one who is telling people where to go, who to press, when to come up, when to not. He runs up for the press. He is tasked with holding the ball up. We just lump balls at him. It doesn't matter if there's two, three guys around him. We just sort of sometimes just kick a ball in that direction, go Enzo, bring it down, head it to someone else. And then we still expect him to, when he holds up the ball, to play it out wide or, or pass it back to a midfielder and then make runs forward into the box. I really think that his energy level is something that should not and cannot be dismissed. Even when he's not getting goals, he is always running. Um, and so the goals are the flashy things. And that's of, at the end of the day, what you want from your number nine is to be getting goals. But we are asking him, I think, to do a ton of things in this in this team. And especially when it comes to holding the ball up, we are basically saying, Enzo, be stronger, be more physical and just dominate those center backs that you're going against. And to be honest with you, I think the majority of the time he does. There are very few times I've seen this year where it feels like he gets muscled off balls. It, it, it more feels like there are times when he maybe goes down a little too easy. Um, True. But again, that that's not what I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is just the fact that he really he looks like he's a complete striker. We talk about Daniel Rios a lot last year. 
he is a clear upgrade on Daniel Rios, and I think that there's more to come from him as he settles into this team in this league. Yeah, I actually have quite a lot I want to say about him this time. I think you you mentioned one thing here I really like. He's got a bit of the Derek Jones in him that is mm. just hard to get the ball off of him. He's just yeah. tough. And like, again, it's one of those things that's really reductive to just be like all of the stuff, the way he uses his body, the way he holds the ball up, the distance he keeps it from him, all of this stuff sort of boils down to he's just annoying to take the ball from <laughs> and and I love that like I want that out of especially if he's going to play as a hold up he's really doing that skill well I will say we talked to him in an in interview after the match and he was very nonchalant about getting his fifth yellow card he looked at the entire press room and said that's the way I play deal with it <laughs> I mean I wish I, I wish I was kidding uh but but I <laughs> I That's... personally love that, but I know I, I will probably be in the minority of that, but I personally love that. And, and that's, I think that's the thing with Enzo is I think he's going to continue to have sort of a, you either love his attitude or I think you're going to hate it for me personally. I love it. I kind of have since day one. So like hearing that I, I laugh and I say, go do you Enzo. I, I liked it in that moment. <laughs> we'll see if I like it in the future. Um, in that moment, it was very comical. I will say something that I think might be a bit underrated about this performance is I think that he has no business getting our second goal. Like mm. the angle he hits that header from with the number of people he has to beat to get to that ball. It is the single mindedness of a striker who believes he is going to win no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like, if you put any normal human being up against that situation, they never get anywhere near the ball. Not just because there's three other defenders jumping for it, but because any normal person would say, there's no purpose in my jumping here, right? Mm -hmm. Enzo Capetti doesn't have that thing in his brain that says, if I jump here, I might get clobbered in the face. All he sees is ball mine, right? And yeah. not only do I like that, I like what it does to the defense. I think there's an element of the third goal being an own goal that caught that was created from the panic of mm. Enzo Capetti winning a header he should not have won on a set piece, right? Mm. Enzo looked at that whole defense and said, I need eight of you or you're not stopping me. <laughs> and even if that's not true, even if in the long run, it only takes one defender to, co to cover Enzo Capetti realistically, in that moment, he was in their heads. And guess what? Later on in the game, somebody who's not necessarily a defender jumps in. I believe it's Lenzema, who's the midfielder, mm. jumps to to try and make a play on this ball. Maybe in in Lenzema's head was, is Enzo Capetti coming? Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and ultimately gives away an own goal. I, I think there is an element of getting inside the head of the defense that... I like and I can see him having done in this one. God, yeah. we are we're rambling about these guys now, aren't we? We're just we're just we're just like I mean, yes, we won. Give it, praise it, to everything. This is what happens when you know. I mean, it was it, but you know, it's not only a win; it's a win where we scored three goals in an exciting game. It was, um, and, and that has been. It feels so long since our offense has felt potent. And it felt that way this game. I mean, again, we very easily could have had four. Capetti is ruled off on that on that second goal. But when you look back on it, I think his toe is maybe off. And he's only off because Swiderski has a great dummy. There's a lot that goes into it. Like, this just felt like one of those games where it was like, 
we didn't luck out we didn't scrape it by we made some mistakes but we just you know again you scored three goals it's hard not to just praise the heck out of these guys when that happens especially since it hasn't really been happening this year so far yeah and i want to make one thing clear i don't care if our defense isn't great if we score three goals every game like yeah genuinely the concern comes from when you make mistakes at the back and you don't have an offense if you score three goals at the game you can get away or three goals three goals every game again words are hard uh you can get away with a pretty questionable defense and still win lots of trophies right uh so just good to see all around josh i'm gonna go back to you i'm gonna let you have two in a row here what is your next crown yeah so so my next crown is actually going to be for uh jalen Lindsay. um i think there's a lot of players that you can you can pick from but what what struck me about jalen um was i we've wondered why isn't he playing why isn't he playing and I know I've hypothesized that it has to do with the way Latanzio wants a fullback to play in that inverted role, and Jalen hasn't really done that. Well, he did that today. There were times when Jalen was absolutely in that awful role of being more a central midfielder than a fullback, um, and I thought he was really solid. I, I think it's one of those cases where I, I can't pick out any moments where I thought, oh, that was Jalen Lindsay who did that, or he saved this tackle, or he did what... There's nothing that sticks out, but I just thought it was a really solid performance. And in a team that has had some issues where things happen um, on the bad side of that sticking out, especially in defense and especially in midfield, I think that speaks volumes as well. And I think it's easy to forget, I think Jalen is himself only 23, 24, right? So he's still a young player in a lot of respects. Um, and I, th- this makes me excited because I think we are, are big Jalen fans here, regardless of how you want a fullback to play, but we also know how Latanzio wants his fullbacks to play. And what has me really excited is I, I'm hoping this performance shows Latanzio that Jalen could do this role and that will help him get into this side, uh, more consistently. Yeah. You see the two things converging, don't you? Yeah. see the talent of Jalen Lindsay merging with something that uh, Christian Latanzio was willing to go out and use. And uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm glad you called him out because I had one moment early on. Uh, I was chatting with Nick from the Charlotte FC podcast. And Jalen just muscled a guy off the ball in a quasi-dangerous situation, muscled a guy off the ball and did that, you know, savvy defender move of letting himself get hit in the back and fall over and take the yeah uh take the penalty and just turn turn possession around and go back up the pitch and it was all so clean from him it was a i'm stronger than you i'm better than you oh and by the way now i'm baiting you into this penalty we go again and mm-hmm. it was one of those times where i looked at nick and i was like is there like a switch on Jalen Lindsay that makes him that calm because <laughs> There are games that we see him do that, right? There's games that we see him just always having the better of his opponent and he's faster than them and he's making transitions up the right side. And um, and sometimes we don't see that, but that's part of being young. I think we got to see a lot of that talent today and I think he did his role really well. And there is mm-hmm. a, there's a, a claim for individualism and there's a claim for a team that does their their job right? Manchester City, 
with, has one out. Well, they have two outstanding individuals, but what they really have is a team where everyone does their job and is individually fantastic, right? Yep. We looked like a team that everyone did their job and Jalen Lindsay was also individually fantastic. So I think it's a really good shout out here. Uh, I guess I should go into my final crown. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add on Jalen or? No, just again, I, I, I think the more you see him, the more you think he's going to stake. He has to stake the claim to that right back spot because now we've seen him play a traditional fullback role and we just saw him play as an inverted one fairly well. So, you know, there's becoming less reason to, to not play him. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to crown Ashley Westwood. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley is someone I have accused of sort of going missing. And I, I'm going to watch this back. I'm going to, you know, fully rewatch the game to make sure that what I'm saying is not crazy. But Ashley did a really good job today of being the release valve. Whenever there was someone in trouble, whenever there was somebody who needed to get rid of a ball, whenever there was somebody being pressured, whenever there was somebody being pressed, Ashley Westwood was three yards away. And he was in a space where he had created for himself or found for himself that was open and available. He wasn't hiding behind the other team. He wasn't uh, running back because he overcommitted himself up the pitch. He was in a position to constantly be a place where anyone and everyone could go with the ball. And I've said this before on the podcast. I'm going to say it again. Other players tell you who someone is. When uh, when our players see Ashley Westwood open in space, they pass it to him. No questions. Mm-hmm. Right. If they see he's available, they go, yep, that guy's going to take care of the ball. They pass it to him. And here's what comes next, right? It's amazing to have the technical security, to have the leadership, all that, yada, 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 yeah, soft factors, nonsense. Um, not soft, soft factors, <laughs> nonsense. Soft factors, blah, 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 right? It's amazing to have all that stuff. But watch the people in sort of the the second and third tier of the team away from from Ashley. Uh, some again, something we talked about in the presser. I asked Christian Latanzio about the fact that the moment Ashley gets the ball, watch the wings. The wings all of the sudden just start hunting space. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie Gaines we talked about earlier was the moment he got the ball. Mackenzie Gaines was making a run. He was making a yep. run to wherever the most available, most beneficial space is because he wasn't thinking, oh, I have to get to a place where this person can get me the ball. He was thinking, I need to go where I am most threatening and Ashley Westwood will put the ball there because yep. he already knows where it is. I just have to figure out where Ashley's thinking the most dangerous space is, right? Like, <laughs> and it's true. Watch both wings. The people who are long pass over the top distance from him immediately start moving to be threatening because they trust him. They think he can do it. They believe that if they make the run, it is going to get rewarded. And Christian Latanzio, again, uh, was very comical in the presser. And he said that, that strikers are opportunistic and cheeky. They are, or I think he said, (laughs) I think they are intelligent and cheeky. And he went on to say exactly what I'm saying, that if, strikers believe they are going to get good they'll run people ragged right yeah but if they make that run five or six times and they don't see any any feedback coming they don't see any reason for them to continue doing it they won't do it Mm. watch the way people run 
I mean, I'm going to be because this was eye-opening. When he gets the ball with space and a little bit of time, watch the way people around him move because it shows you what they think of Ashley Westwood. So, sir, you get a crown. Uh, <laughs> thoughts on Ashley? Yeah, it's just real quick. I think I think everything you said is spot on. I, I think what sticks out to me for for him is is we've talked at length with players like Derek Jones and Brent Bronico in the midfield that passing ability is not necessarily their strong point. Um, Brant is not a bad passer, but I, I wouldn't call him anywhere near elite. Um, we've talked at length about Derek's um, issues with with quickness of of passing. What strikes me is Ashley has, if I can make an analogy to like a pitcher, right? Like he can hit a fastball, he can hit a change, like he can with a pass is what I'm saying. Uh, he can hit a change up with a pass. Like there's not, it, there doesn't seem to be a pass that he can't make. Um, and, and that is something that has been desperately lacking in our midfield. And it's really good to see because now you have now you're starting to see what can happen when you have a guy like Enzo who can drop in to receive the ball or go behind. You have Mackenzie Gain who can throw in back lines. You have Merrim who can um, do both of those things as well. Vargas, Yuzhwiak. Uh, these are these are players who I think really need a guy who they they can count on, as you said, to get them the ball when they make those runs. But more than that, Westwood can also get the ball to other people in the midfield. He is a good he seems to be a good recycler of the ball. He is he is so confident on it as well that it feels like if Derek gets in trouble, he can give it to Ashley and he's and they're confident that Ashley can turn turn away from a defender or make a pass out. Um our midfield, I think, has been crying out for someone with his technical ability on the ball and with his passing ability. I thought he was growing into this league in that Orlando game before he got hurt. So I thought this was a really good game to see that that hopefully that was just a little bit of an injury. And now he's he's going to round into form for us. Yeah, super impressed with him. He also makes one kind of bad mistake. But that's one of those things where when you place that much on him, when you give him that much freedom, when you ask him to do this, occasionally something's not going to go right. For yeah. the amount of stuff he got right to have only had one mistake, uh, which was covered very well by the defense, you know, uh, team effort is required in all aspects of this game. He really lit it up for me tonight. Um, let's uh, let's move on. Do you want to start to wrap it up? Any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I have a bonus crown, if I if I may. You have you have uh, a. Is it for a player? It is not for a player. It is for a very lovely uh, woman in the supporter section. <laughs> oh, then by all means, go, yes. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to give a shout out. I have no idea if she listens. Unfortunately, I only got her her first name, but her her name was uh, Jamie. Um, in the supporter section today, I got to my seat. I had my, my beverage, as you do, and someone knocked my beverage over a completely full one spilling it um didn't even apologize unfortunately uh jamie who is a lovely woman unasked for uncalled for proceeded to buy me a brand new one saying that she wanted to reverse the uh the karma i i guess you could say 
of of that situation. I believe that Jamie's the reason that we that we got those three goals because in doing so, she reversed the karma of the of this team. Um, but more so, and in, in, in all seriousness, I just thought it was a really nice gesture, and it's something that if you haven't gotten a chance to go into the supporter section, yeah, you might get some beer thrown on you. Yeah, people are going to be loud. There's drums. There's all of that, but. Um, it's a really fun time and the majority of people, the vast majority of people are just super friendly. And so I highly encourage anyone to go in there. Um, and so hopefully Jamie at some point is watching or I mean is listening. Um, but if not, hopefully this just goes out in, into the air as well and gets to her somehow. You know what? I'm going to make a call to arms. Uh, <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast and you know a Jamie, please reach out. Uh, Jamie, if you contact uh the crown cast we're gonna find a way to do something for you we'll get you something signed we're gonna do something for you because that is too good um josh you're gonna hit me with a with a heartwarming feel-good story (laughs) at the end of a win hey it it was a good day what can i say (laughs) that is that's amazing uh genuinely please if you heard this podcast and you know jamie reach out to them jamie reach out to us uh that's amazing that is that's amazing. That's exactly what you want to hear. That people are are ultimately good, and that uh, good triumphs over New York City. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, you have you have one sentence for your final thoughts. Uh, we own New York. Love it. Uh, my <laughs> final thoughts are going to be. Wow, yours was much better than mine. Mine <laughs> is my mine is going to be that was the performance I needed to see. Mm. Uh, and on that, we will do all of the breakdown on Wednesday. If you want to find us uh, out there on Instagram, you can find us at the underscore crown underscore cast. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at the underscore crown cast. And if you want to find all of the awesome stuff that Josh and you and do over there on the website, you can find that at crowncast.net. If you have decided to spend your time with us, we love you. And we will talk to you again when we break all of this down, not on Wednesday, because we have a game. Is that right, Josh? I believe, actually, we might have a game, yeah. Yeah, I think there is a Wednesday game. We will break all of this down (laughs) one day. Uh, (laughs) Goodbye. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com (laughs) 